0: This is Matt. I'm the lead pastor of Westminster Baptist Church. Thanks for engaging God's word with us. Uh, My prayer for you is that this would be supplemental to your discipleship journey. Uh, If we can connect you with a local church or discipleship group, uh, please contact us at info at Bonhoeffer wrote, he said, those who love their dream of a Christian community more than the Christian community can uh, itself become destroyers of that Christian community. In his book, "Life Together," he helps us to understand what it looks like to have biblical community. This morning, I want to help you press into that biblical community. I hope that if you feel lonely today, uh, if you feel like you have nobody uh, in your life and you feel not only alone, but lonely, That you will press into biblical community that satisfies that desire for people, for community. You see, we weren't created to be outside of biblical community, we were created to be in the presence of God. We were never created to try to attain community that wasn't saturated with God's presence, indwelled with God's presence. Because where did it begin? In the garden. In the Garden of Eden where God's presence physically was among us, He walked among us, and in that presence we found satisfaction, contentment, joy. And so when we come into Psalm 16 again, as we did last week, when we talked about God's wisdom being poured out in our heart, God's counsel for us, we looked at Psalm 1611 where it says, You reveal the path of life to me, and in the next Part of it says, in your presence is abundant joy. And so this morning I want to talk about the presence of God in your life bringing abundant joy that you might not feel uh, lonely. So my main point for you this morning is this God conquers loneliness through his presence and through his people. But being alone is not the enemy, being unable to escape being alone. Is the enemy. Being alone is not the enemy, but rather loneliness is the enemy. In fact, being alone sometimes is the answer because it's when we get alone that we find the presence of God, that we separate ourselves out from the things of this world to be alone. For instance, Joseph was alone, Jeremy, Jeremiah was alone, Jesus was alone. We see biblical characters throughout Scripture, even Job when he was alone where God's presence moved in their life and brought them to the place that they needed to be because they were alone. When Jesus had all the crowds and and the disciples following after Him and all the crowds really wanted to be with Him, He was like the superstar of their day at that time. Everybody wanted to touch Him uh, because they wanted to be healed by Him. Everybody wanted to hear from Him because they wanted a new word about what was going to happen to the Roman Empire. They wanted Jesus. And in that moment, like in Luke chapter 5, He gets away into the wilderness. You see, being alone is not the enemy. Being lonely can be the enemy. And so what we have to do is we have to dive into how can we find satisfaction, how can we find joy, contentment, and all these things when we are alone so that it doesn't lead to loneliness. So uh, we're going to look at Psalm 1611. We're going to look at Psalm chapter 1. I hope you can turn your Bibles there. Uh, In Psalm 1611 it says, uh, You reveal the path of life to me. In your presence is abundant joy. At your right hand are eternal pleasures. Because in God's presence there is joy. God's presence in your life brings joy. It is our joy. It's our satisfaction. It's our contentment. Because in the garden, that's where we found all these things. And everything we experience in this life, separate from that, draws us back to it. We, we feel, and you feel this tension, this, this tension of living in this world. Like, this isn't what I was created for. This isn't natural for me. Like death and disease. That's not what you were created for. What were you created for? Eternal life. Eternal life. Sin separates us from God, so now we experience temptation, we experience sin, and we're like, this isn't right. We get angry at one another. We get jealous of one another. We gossip about one another. We still from one another and all of those experiences are not what we were created for in the garden and so now we're starting to feel all this angst and this turmoil and this pain and this hurt and honestly this loneliness because it wasn't what we were created for and so stepping back into the presence of God to find community with God that we might find community with people is the answer to our loneliness when you start to get lonely start here first with the presence of God and second with the presence of God's people and so Psalm sixteen eleven says, "In your presence is abundant joy." And if you believe this, then when you feel lonely, then you need to get alone with God. Which seems like it's like is that the that's like the antidote? How how is that the answer? Because with God is the greatest satisfaction you will find in life. That's what we believe. That's what that's what brothers and sisters in Christ believe. That's what people who believe the Bible believe. And so if we believe that, let's, let's do it. Let's put it into practice. When you feel lonely, get alone with your God and dwell in His presence. Because there's abundant joy there. Now it has to start there, but it doesn't end there. It starts there, but it doesn't end there. You see, it starts with God's presence and it continues on into God's people because Psalm 1, verse 1 through 2. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction and he meditates on it day and night. Now I came to this passage because I was thinking through Psalms and like in my head, I'm trying to unfold these Psalms, like all of them and trying to look at them like, which one is talking about how David has good biblical community? And so I started digging into some of the words. I looked at some of the Hebrew uh, words that, that mean that we translate into surround. Uh, every time you see surround, it's, it's almost a different Hebrew word. It's not every time, but there are multiple different words used to translate as surround. So, uh, for instance, they, you have nekap, uh, atar, and savav, three Greek words that are all translated as surround in uh, Scripture or in circle or something like that. And when they're translated by humans, it's negative. Every time they're talking about the divine, God, it's positive. So, example, when David says, My enemies surround me. And then when David says, God, would you surround me? Your presence surround me. Your presence encircle me. Your presence be with me. All those passages... uh, Are are God inspired, and then the 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 human ones are negative, right? So what do we see? We kind of see a plane here. On one side you've got humans who are attacking you. On the other side you have God's presence, which surrounds you to protect you. And right in the middle is where we find, uh, like Psalms, Psalm chapter one, verse one and two, where we find, "Don't sit with those who mock. Don't sit with those who attack. Don't sit with those who uh, lack wisdom. But rather, who should you be with?" In the presence of God, and in the presence of God's people. And we should only, here's the question that we should ask, right? We should only be in the presence of God's people when God's presence is in those people. For instance, when, when I, I look out to you guys, there have there been hundreds of people on this campus this morning. There will be uh, more people on campus after the service, setting up for, for VBS. Uh, there will be more people here tonight for young adults, and there will be uh, over 200 or be over 300 people here all week for VBS. This church is going to be packed all week long, and turn it into a sign. And it's looking okay, but we still got some work to do. And on that sign, it's going to say Westminster Baptist Church. At some point, maybe possibly, it's going to say that. <laughs> right now, it doesn't say anything, but that's okay. Because are we the church? Because we've been labeled Westminster Baptist Church, or are we the church because God's presence dwells in each one of you? You see, if we're walking in here isolated, separated, we sit in our own rows, sit in our seats, and we do our church life, and then we go home. We do this thing where we sing and we listen to a sermon. And everybody stays quiet, and we don't do anything and just stay here. And you don't know the people around you. Don't know the people in this room. Don't know the people in the other services. Don't know anything like that. And we just sit in services and leave are we the church? Are we the church because we have a name on our building? Because we have a building erected with air conditioning and seats and a pastor who stands up on a stage? Or are we the biblical church because we do biblical community? We challenge one another, encourage one another, inspire one another. We submit to one another and serve one another. We lead one another. And most importantly, we disciple one another, just as Christ called us to do. You see if we're in this room and we're not doing those things, let's stop acting like we're the church. I'll just leave the sign blank and we'll just be a bunch of friends that meet it together every Sunday morning for some reason. This is the church. And so now let's go back to loneliness. How do we how do we what do we do here? What do we do with loneliness? We start with God's presence and we move into people who have God's presence. Why? Because when you're with people who have God's presence, now God's presence is even more powerful among you. There's more of God's presence around around you. You're surrounded by God's presence. Everybody's speaking with God's wisdom and God's truth. God's spirit and God's fruit and God's gifts are being poured out into your life. And all of a sudden, you're experiencing the Psalm 1611 where it says there's abundant joy in His presence. And now what are you doing? You're experiencing heaven. Heaven on earth, which we pray for. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come. And so that Garden of Eden, which you so long for, is what you're starting to experience on earth. What you were created for. What feels right. Like, you're going to feel abnormal if you're not in the presence of God. Because you were created to be in the presence of God. You're going to feel abnormal if you're outside of the purpose of God because you were created for the purpose of God. And so right now, if you feel lonely, if you feel uh, not just alone, but lonely, it might be because you don't have God's presence. You don't have people who are filled with God's presence to find God's purpose for your life, to find biblical community in your life. And she's so are like, man, I, Matt, I don't... I can't find people look that there is danger in loneliness and i want i want to share some of those with you hoping whether it's conviction or whether it's an inspiration i just want to give you some biblical thoughts on why loneliness can take us down a trap of despair depression fears failures giving up and all of these things and here's why it's not because i want you to walk out here feeling like man pastor pastor convicted us today Right? I don't want you walking out here being like, man, that was a challenging message today. Here's what I want you to know I want life for you. I don't want you just to feel like, well, I got to change things. No, I want life for you, and I know that it's found in Christ. I know that it can be found in His presence because in His presence there's abundant joy. Because when Christ came, He said, I've not come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life, have it abundantly. And so if you walk out of here thinking, man, i got to change all these things, i got to do all these things, what we're doing is we're just getting back in that legalism thing where it's like, i just got to do all these things to fix all these things, and, and, I, and then I'll feel better. No, 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 I'm telling you to do these things, I'm, telling, I'm challenging you towards these things, because I think you will find life and joy and happiness and hope, true happiness, true hope, true peace, and calm and comfort and care and all those things truly in Christ and with Christ, people. But there's danger and loneliness. It's a trap that wants to tear you down, it's to trap you in it, make you feel like you can't get out of it. Here's some of the things that loneliness does. First, it causes you to hyperfocus on yourself. We see this in Job. Job does this when he starts to get alone, when everybody's been torn away from him. He starts to be introspective. But we see this in ourselves. I see this in uh, when I when I invest in people. Uh, here's what happens: you start to go, "Is it me?" I'm lonely. Is it because of the way I look? Is it because of the way I talk? Is it because of what did I do to make me feel so lonely? Why does nobody like me? Oh, everybody must hate me. And so here's what you do you go to introspection, and then you move outward and start viewing everybody else. And here's what that looks like I'm the worst, and they hate me. I can't trust them. They won't accept me. And loneliness, what it does is it makes you feel like everybody else around you is against you and then turns you against yourself and draws you into depression and despair, those fears and failures, puts you down there where you feel like you can't step out of it because everybody will hurt you. And so you just stay clustered to yourself, isolated to yourself. Well, where is it easiest for the enemy to attack you? when you're alone. It's where the enemy found Jesus, being led into the wilderness alone. Spirit leads him out there. The enemy finds him there. It's, it's where the enemy wants to find you. And if the Spirit isn't in you, you're not going to uh, conquer those things like Christ did. So here's what I recommend to you. If you find yourself in one of these positions, I encourage you uh, to analyze, to, to recognize that you, your lack of trust in others and your fear of others probably happened because somebody hurt you. And look, I don't, I don't want to act like right now in this moment I know what pain you've been through. I don't know what you've experienced. I don't know what everyone's experienced and I, don't, I haven't felt what you felt. I felt pain, but I haven't felt what you felt, right? We've been consistent throughout the series. I have, I have pain. You have pain. I don't know what your pain feels like. But here's what I do know you're not going to overcome that pain. You're not going to overcome that isolation, that loneliness, by falling back into it. By letting fears and failures overcome you. You're not going to come out of it by continuing to look at yourself and say, I'm terrible. You're not going to come out of it by looking at others and going, I can't trust anybody. Instead what we got to do is we got to look at what what we lost trust from. We got to see those things and go, how can I grow out of that? How can I move forward through that? Because I'm not going to continue to live in this despair and destruction that the devil wants for me. And when you feel like you can't do it, here's the thing. There's people in this room today who, feel, who who truly cannot get up out of it. And for those of you who are in here who are not lonely, and you feel like you have good biblical community and you're surrounded by Christ and you have spiritual gifts and spiritual uh, uh, life and spiritual fruit in your life and you feel like you're thriving and you can continue to grow, man, may you not, please don't keep that to yourself. If, If anything, that is the opposite of what the church is if you keep that to yourself. There's somebody in here today who cannot take a step outside of their comfort zone because they've been hurt so bad and so broken so many times, they can't take that leap of faith and they need you to take it for them. That's the church. That's biblical community. When you lock arms, step in step, and are walking together, challenging one another to grow. And so we can look around all day. I mean, some of you in here today who are hurting and broken and feel lonely are like, Pastor Matt, there's no way I can do those things. And you know the truth is? You might not be able to right now. But that doesn't mean the church can just sit back and go, well, sorry. That's where we stand up. That's where we fight for one another. I think about it like this. Anybody play chess out there? Okay, come on. Nerds assemble. Raise your hand. (laughs) That's a very small amount. I don't believe you. Is that really all that play chess? Like four people? Okay, <laughs> why is everybody so nervous to admit they play chess? I really like chess, okay? Call me a nerd. That's all right. I like chess. Uh, I love, I really enjoy playing chess with my uh, grandfather. It's a fun thing we do together. He beats me like almost every single time. Uh, he's great at chess. He's almost 90 years old. Um, so uh, I really enjoy chess, but here's, here's what you might know, might not know about chess is uh, you have different pieces. And uh, for instance, one is a pawn. One's a rook. You've got uh, knights. You've got bishops. you got a queen and a king. They all have different roles, uh, but they're, they all have the same purpose. Okay, so think about this. A pawn can go forward one or twice. It can attack diagonally. Uh, a knight can go forward two and over one and attack. A bishop can go diagonally and attack, and a rook can go straight forward or to the side. It cannot go diagonally. Okay, they all have different things they can do. A queen can go anywhere she wants to go. Remember that, man. <laughs> um, <and laughs> but, yeah, okay. Man, we're here. Okay, so think about yourself, though. Have you ever put, put yourself in this position? Either king or queen, but put yourself in this position like, like if you were the king. Everybody on that board, all the pieces on that board, exist to protect the king. It's the sole purpose of the board. Do you have people in your life who are gifted differently, uniquely designed by the Creator to be surrounding you in times where you're at battle and you're in war, when you're fighting the enemy. They've been uniquely created to do exactly what God's called them to do to surround you and protect you from the evil ones, temptations, hurts, disappointments, fears and failures, all those things. And they are fighting for you. Because I imagine a, a chess match where it's just the king versus an entire board on the enemy. And I think about demons and the devil attacking that king. There's no chance. I mean, you might have one or two moves before your checkmate. Come on, man. In life, don't do it alone. Surround yourself with people who will fight for you in biblical community. Now, here's the reality. Loneliness is dangerous, right? and here's one of the reasons loneliness is danger, dangerous. Some people, including myself, in seasons of life, and maybe you, if you're an extrovert, this is very dangerous. You might have more people in your life than anybody else. You might have more people you talk to, acquaintances that you know and you're aware of. You can make friends with anybody, all of those different things, but you have no depth to that community. That's not biblical community. We can't come into church and be passing... Now, I know I understand we have to do this. I think we could change it up a little bit and probably be better. But none, none of us have time to have 30-minute conversations with everybody in this room. It just simply can't. So what do we do instead? How you doing? Good. All right? That's all we do. Okay. That, that's fine if that's like our little... Like that's our little accepted thing that we do as Americans. That's okay. But there's got to be some people in your life where you don't just say, How you doing? Okay. There's got to be some people in your life where they're looking past your actions and your clothes and going to your heart and to your mind. Because they're going past your actions to your intentions. Past what you say to what you think. What is the truth behind what they're saying and doing? You see, deep community is built when we understand why people are doing what they do. And we challenge them. We press into it. We give accountability. We give honesty. We give the truth in love. I mean, how, how terrible would it be? And I, I struggle with this. I know, you, uh, where are you at, Nate? I thought you said, I know you did too, Nate, because we played checkers together. We, haven't we, did we play checkers together? I think so. Yeah, you probably woke me. Uh, anyways y'all ever struggle with this? Like you're playing checkers and then somebody's, bes- or ch- chess, and there's somebody beside you that's like, whoa, don't do that. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't move there. And then the next move, you're about to move and they're like, ah, don't move. <laughs> y'all, that's like one of the most frustrating things you can do to me. <laughs> like, there's two people playing chess or checkers that a person on the side just needs to watch. Okay? <laughs> But life's not the same way. When you're about to do something that you shouldn't do, there should be somebody on the side that's like, hey, 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 hey. Have you thought about that? All right? This is not checkers. Life is not chess. Life is not some simple game that you can win and lose at, and it doesn't matter. May we not be so, like, uh, carefree and careless and... You know, not invest in people and devoid of deep community that we just let people make the decisions they want to make without calling them out and encouraging them and growing them. That's not deep community. That's not the church. That's surely not the church. And so loneliness is dangerous. Why? Because you're alone but also because there's the, there's the potential that when the devil attacks you you don't have anybody around you to support you and protect you but you also don't have anybody around you to give you wisdom. What is right and wrong? What is is good in this moment? Look, Matt, I'm in the valley and I don't know the right decision to make. I'm I'm in such a position of despair and anxiety and struggle. I don't need to make the decision. I need help. Okay, that's when your friends, deep community, church, ought to step in and go, just take a right step this time. Just take a left, left step this time. And all of a sudden, you're leaning on one, each, one another. And you're growing with one another. Because look, when we can't see our blind spots. Y'all know, y'all know what I'm talking about. We've talked about this before. You can't see blind spots. You need that blind spot mirror. You need somebody in the, the backseat driver that's going to be telling you. Life requires backseat drivers as much frustration as it can be. Because there, so every now and then, when you're veering over to the right and there's a car coming, you need somebody to go, hey, hold on, there's a car. Right? Christianity is full of backseat drivers and annoying chess players. <laughs> And if you don't have those people in your life, honestly, you're going to be doing life alone. You're going to be getting in wrecks and making mistakes on the chessboard. So find deep community. And when you feel like you can't, brothers and sisters, that's when we pull people up. That's when we go, hey, I see you. I know you just lost somebody. I see you. I know one of your best friends just moved away. When young adults get out of high school and their friends move away to college, they lose that identity. They're trying to find a job. They move out of their parents' house. And all of a sudden, life just becomes like, who do I have? Who's around me? And there's this huge, like, huge transition in life. Do they dig into church, or do they leave church? They leave church in droves. That's the time where we should be reaching them. And they leave in droves. So as you look around this room today, man, have I already done this with you? Would you look, have y'all looked at each other yet? Are y'all just looking at me still? <laughs> it's okay. Look, look to your right and your left. Introverts hate me right now. Y'all hate me. It's okay. Do it again. Embrace the awkwardness. Lock eyes with somebody across the room. It's terrible. <laughs> All right, now everybody stand up and go meet somebody. I'm kidding. Don't do it. <laughs> Just get to know somebody across the room this morning. Go shake somebody's hand. I'm kidding. Don't do it. Uh, but yeah, good point. <laughs> Why not? But seriously, we're we're we are warriors together. We're fighting a battle together. You got to know who's in the room. You got another gift. You got to know what we're working with. You got to know who's on your team. Who's a bishop and who's a who's a rook, right? And what they can do because we're fighting together in this battle. Alright? So if you're feeling lonely, what are we doing? You better be able to look across the room and go, okay, I see that person, but I know what pain they're going through. Maybe I can step in and help them up. Maybe I can help them find biblical community, because I don't know if they're ready to take that step of faith to find that biblical community. And so now you're back in that position where you're using your spiritual gift, your spiritual life, your spiritual fruit, to bring them up from where they are. Alright? So we're working together. And so when you... Let me give you some uh, uh, ministering God's Word to God's people, some thoughts on it from Scripture. Proverbs 18.24 says, One with many friends may be harmed, but there is a friend who stays closer than a brother. Just one little wisdom snippet. You see, because you can surround yourself with as many people as possible, but still not have that deep community, right? And so what we're looking for is those people in our life that can bring us up out of that, those people who truly care about us and will walk with us through the difficult times of life. Right, so Proverbs eighteen twenty four helps us understand. Okay, if there's presence in, uh, if there's joy in God's presence, if we can find delight in God's presence then can we delight when God's people bring God's presence into our life? And if so, how can we connect with people in God's presence? How can we connect with a church that's really fostering God's presence and God's Spirit and God's gifts to be used amongst God's people? How can I press into those places? Two ways. Identify places that you can be with God and identify people who who have the Spirit of God in them. You ought to be looking at people in your life and going, okay, are they people who have the Spirit in them? And if they are, how can I be around them? Are they people who have God's Spirit in them? And if they are, how can I be around them? And you're identifying places that you can meet with the Father. Because remember, uh, it's first God's presence, and then it's God's people who have God's presence. If you don't delight and find joy in God's presence, you're going to continue to live in, in loneliness. Because we were never created to be outside of God's presence. Remember that. Okay? So it starts with, identify a place you can be with God. Where is that? Have you found a place where in, your, in your house where you can take your phone and leave it? Or, or maybe in a, in a church where you can find an isolated place to just spend time with the Lord? Or maybe it's in the outdoors uh, where you can just be with the Lord. Where is a place that you can just spend time with God? Be quiet still with the Lord and find joy in the Lord. So we're finding people and we're finding places that we can specifically be in God's presence with God's people and in those places. Just like Christ did when He got alone. Just like Christ did when He raised up disciples. We're finding people and we're finding places. Alright? If you haven't done that, I challenge you to do that this week. Where can I be alone with the Lord? Alone with the Lord. Not lonely. Alone with the Lord to be in His presence. And where can I find people who can bring His presence to me? And then uh, I want you to I don't don't know if it's going to be on the screen or not, if you guys still have this, but um, if it's not on the screen, I want to challenge you to look up on on Google or whatever you want to look up on. Type in just one another passages. One another passages or one another verses in the Bible. It'll give you a list of all the one another verses. You can use your favorite Bible study tool. Do an in-depth study on this. I think some people in here have led through that. Pam and Ed Hobbs, if you are in here. So talk to them if, if you know who they are. But look at one another passages and ask yourself, am I, am I doing one another passages with my friends? Are we modeling one another passages to each other? Like when Jesus says, new command I give to you that you might love one another. Right? Or like uh, Hebrews, where it tells us to spur each other, uh, spur one another on to love and good deeds, right? And so, in your biblical community, if you're not Uh, spurring each other on to care for one another, to take the gospel locally and globally, to serve each other, to submit to each other, and to do what's best for each other, and to bring spiritual gifts and fruit to one another? Are you fulfilling the one another's, and therefore are you finding biblical community? Life groups, d groups, Sunday schools, if we're not doing this, is this biblical community? Even further, if we're not doing this, is this even church? And so find the one in others. And if you've never done this before, find them and say, am I doing this in my marriage? Am I doing this in my friendships? Am I doing this in my church? So I want to to give you, I'm going to close with this, some questions and some truths for you. Um, If you're feeling lonely today, to help you decipher, are you alone or are you lonely? Because there's a difference. If you're alone and seeking biblical community and can't find it, you might find yourself becoming lonely. But if you're alone with intentionality to be in the presence of God in a season where you just need to spiritually grow to prepare yourself for biblical community, to prepare yourself for maybe a spouse, or to prepare yourself for a healthy friendship, if you're being alone like Christ was alone to prepare yourself, that's not necessarily lonely. It can be tempted to be lonely, but it's not necessarily lonely. What you need to do is put people around you to pray for you, to encourage you, to make sure that you don't become isolated and lonely while you're dedicating specific time to the Lord. Now, if you're in here today and you say, Matt, I'm trying to find community, but I can't find it. uh, Maybe you say, "Uh, I'm not pursuing God's presence. Um, but rather I feel so lonely that I don't want to talk to God. I don't want to know God because I'm frustrated with God. I think then you're leaning into loneliness and I want to encourage you hopefully there will be somebody in this room that will come to you and inspire you to come out of that loneliness. But if not, and if you feel like you can't even talk to somebody, even if it's a simple email, email us at counsel at discoverwbc.com. Council at discoverwbc.com. We have biblical counselors on campus that can help you with these things to lift you up out of loneliness, despair, depression, anxiety, all these things to help you find biblical community. We're here for you. We want to help you. Not just us as pastors, but also our biblical lay counselors and our group leaders. To pull you up out when you feel like you can't get out of it. To take a step of faith when you feel like you can't take that step. That's what the church is here for. So as the band comes forward, here's three gospel responses for you. First, give thanks to God for His presence give thanks to God that His Son, Jesus Christ, came into this world, lived the life we couldn't live, so that what? His presence would be here with us. We learn that in Galatians 4 and in Romans 8, that God might dwell among us. Life is in the presence of God, according to Ezekiel. Love and life can only be found in God. And so when Christ comes into the world, he brings the presence of God to us. And in John 17 and forward, he tells us that he must go so that the comforter, the counselor, uh, the Spirit of God might come. So not only did God send his Son into the world to be the presence and the picture of what it meant to be loving and holy in this world, but also when he left, he sent his presence to us so that from now until we're in his presence for eternity, we'd have his presence with us through the Spirit. You're not alone. It's what Christ came for, to die on the cross that you might be forgiven so that you might live in His presence. It's not just so that you're forgiven. It's so that you can live in His presence. It's not so that you're forgiven so that you can spend eternity separated from Him. It's so that you're forgiven so that you can experience the Garden of Eden once again, which we call heaven, to be in God's presence for eternity. And so today, if you feel lonely, if you feel lost, if you feel uh, like you despair and failure, and you feel like you can't find the community that you want to find, start with God's presence and move towards God's people. Find biblical community, because outside of that, you will never find satisfaction and true abundant joy in this world. It's not what you're created for. Let me pray for you. Father, we love You. We trust You. We believe that You have a plan for us. I pray, Father, that You would move in this room right now to draw people into Your presence. I pray, God, that Your presence would be so evident this morning that we would find such joy, such victory as Your children. God, that we would find such hope in Your presence. God, would You work in this place so that nobody no leaves this place feeling lonely but rather finds community in a biblical church. So God, with no sign to identify who we are, will you identify us as people who care about one another? We truly do love each other. Help us, God. We love you in your son's name. Amen.
1: Every curse is blood atoned
2: Love.
0: church. Remember, you're sitting in the midst of darkness slide up. hope to see you next week. If you're not in biblical community, life group, D group, Sunday school. We'd love to get you connected. We'll see y'all next week. You have any questions about the sermon or would like to know more about following after Jesus, uh, please contact us and we would love to talk more about your relationship with Christ and how you can grow in your spiritual journey.